I thought this game was going to be much closer. I really did. But Reed Shepard and the Kentucky Wildcats came out and made sure that they made a statement in front of the entire college basketball world. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I am your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. Um, But on this podcast, we take a dive into basketball blowouts, apparently. Holy cow. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to be breaking down Kentucky's throttling of number 8 Miami. 95-73 to was the final score. Still really shocked at how this one played out. The second half just simply got away from the Hurricanes, and Kentucky did some very crazy things on offense uh, in that second period. Going to dive into it today. Going to dive into the good things that we saw. Maybe nitpick some things if we can find some uh, negative qualities within this team. Uh, Very shocked at how this one played out for UK. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, You can make every moment more, and right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. So let's get started here. Kentucky basketball, 95, the number eight Miami Hurricanes, 73. I said on my preview episode, and I said it on social media as well, that I was going to disagree a little bit with Ken Palm for the first time. I was going to go against a computer model and say that this game was going to be much more competitive, i.e. Miami is much better than what the computer model said about the Hurricanes uh, because they had them ranked 36th in the country, whereas the AP, obviously, like I mentioned, had them ranked number eight. Uh, Apparently, Ken Palm knows what they're talking about, and Kentucky's offense on this day against a pretty average Miami defense uh, was unstoppable. And whenever I say unstoppable, I mean Kentucky didn't score for the last two minutes and 13 seconds of this game because it was over. Kentucky just stopped making wise decisions with the basketball, and they just started chucking up some shots. This game was over. They could have reached 100 if they wanted to, but they let the air out of the ball. They could have gotten... Uh, another player uh, into plus 20 points for the night, Antonio Reeves probably, but they decided to lay off uh, the the shots at the end. Uh, Again, I'm just, I'm shocked at how Kentucky just completely took Miami out to the shed uh, in this one, to the woodshed, whatever the the phrase is there. Holy cow, Reed Shepard. How about we start with the good? Because we like to go the good, the bad, and then what's next on these recap episodes. Why don't we start here? with the good for Kentucky basketball. Reed Shepard. Um, this is one of the more impressive stat lines that you're going to see um, from Reed Shepard all, all, all throughout his Kentucky career, especially considering the fact that uh, Kentucky was able to get this done uh, against a number, uh, number eight team. 21 points for Reed Shepard on 8 of 13 shooting, he was 5 of 9 from beyond the arc. Had he not taken that final second three, had he let somebody else, he would have been 5 of 8. He did not shoot a free throw. He got all of his points 
in live in live action from the floor. He had five rebounds. He had four assists. He had three steals, and he had only one turnover. Only one turnover for Reed Shepard. All alongside twenty one points. I am shocked at the way Kentucky basketball played tonight outside or within the confines of Reed Shepard's gym because this was just the, the, the wide open shots were getting knocked down. The contested shots were getting knocked down. It was a beautiful game plan from Kentucky in terms of spacing, offensive execution, and they let Reed Shepard run the point while DJ Wagner was out for the majority of the game with an injury, I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay. We'll monitor that. He had five points on one of three shooting and an assist before he left the game in 10 minutes. Hopefully Wagner's okay. But Shepard came in and just balled out. Balled out against a good Miami team, a veteran Miami squad. There's not much else you can say about Shepard other than that it was just it was a perfect night for, for Reed Shepard. Fan favorite, and now I think I may have to 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 eat some of my words that I said before the season started because a couple of you were sitting here telling me Shepard could very well be a lottery pick by the end of the season, and I said I don't know if he's going to be able to get the opportunity. I think he's definitely capable, and he has that ceiling. I, I think that he's very very good, but I don't know if he's going to leave this year, folks. Reed Shepard could be a top draft pick this upcoming season if he continues, or at the end of this season, if he continues to play like this. If you continue to shoot 50% from both the floor and from three, and you can collect your three steals, you can get a block every now and then, you can dish out assists. You had four assists to one turnover and 30 minutes of action. You'll you'll be an NBA player. There's nothing else to say here other than just wow. Great release. Um, something that somebody texted me throughout uh, in the middle of the game. If we're gonna if we're gonna nitpick, then there's no reason to. If we're going to, Shepard leaves his feet. I think a little too much whenever he's going to pass the ball. Um, that's something to work on. If we're going to find something to constructively criti- criticize here, um, but it's hard to criticize eight of thirteen. <laughs> so, uh, so eight of thirteen from the floor. So uh, Kentucky underneath Reed Shepard uh, looks really really. Really good. It's an ankle inju- injury for uh, for DJ Wagner, according to Coach Cal. Also, uh, elsewhere, just want to point this out. Kansas was up by three points with two and a half minutes to go against Eastern Illinois. They managed to pull it out 71-53. to 53. Uh, For those of you that may be tuning in and you did not get to see the final score from that one, um, just kind of, a, kind of a weird night in college basketball, I guess. You know, the team that you... Uh, had 89 points uh, that that dropped 89 points on you uh, was was unable to scoot past uh, Eastern Illinois in a larger margin of victory. So uh, I'm just I'm what I'm trying to do right now. By the way, I'm trying to find a box score that can give me Reed Shepard's plus minus because I can't find it right now. Um, but Reed Shepard was gosh, uh, he was he was up in the plus minus before the the game was getting close to ending. So Shepard was a highlight absolutely for Kentucky. And then you also have to look at Antonio Reeves. Someone tweeted this out, and I think I, I agree with this. I don't know if there's another player that has come through Kentucky over the last four or five years 
that is that has the ability to score like Antonio Reeves does and is talked about as little at times uh, because of the other stars on this team. Dillingham, Wagner, Trey Mitchell, Justin Edwards, Reed Shepard. Like, I mean, like there are so many different players. And then there, there's the three guys that haven't gotten to play, the three seven-footers. There are a lot of different uh, guys that kind of get uh, FaceTime over Antonio Reeves. And Reeves himself, such a good player, such a good offensive player. He had five rebounds, was 7 of 12 uh, uh, on the day shooting. He had 18 points, an assist, a turnover. Looked really sharp out there. And when it comes to Kentucky's offense and what they like to do with Antonio Reeves and what they like to do with some of their other players, it's really, really nice to see Kentucky be able to take those floaters in and right around the paint. Um, not necessarily the jumpers in the mid-range. It's not even technically mid-range because it's floaters in the paint. Um but to, to see guys like Reeves or Wagner or even guys like Rob Dillingham take those type of shots and hit them consistently enough to where it forces Miami's defense to play a little tighter and make them respect that shot, because if you hit it consistently, you're going to have to be forced to defend it. If you hit it every single time, then you definitely have to commit, okay, we have to slow this down. And it opens up threes, which is what Kentucky was hitting the entire night. And it opens up sh- shots at the rim whenever you get more physical players like a Duthiero or DJ Wagner driving to the cup or Justin Edwards, who had a couple of beautiful moves uh, in this game. I think one with the shot clock winding down where he was able to kind of split the defense and and get to the hole. But <coughs> random sneeze in the middle of the uh, in the podcast. Pro- uh, uh, apologize about that. But yeah, Kentucky's offense with Reed Shepard and Antonio Reeves. My, oh my, oh my, oh my. Beautiful, beautiful offense. Let's continue along here with the positives in just a moment. I want to continue to talk about this game. I'm still stunned that this is the outcome. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Hiring is super easy when you have all of these different quality candidates that you can find on LinkedIn. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small, of, uh, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate on LinkedIn Within 24 hours, LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making your process easier and quicker. Again, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday slash Wednesday edition 
of Locked On Kentucky. Some of you are watching this on Wednesday. Some of you are watching it on Tuesday. Really appreciate wherever you are tuned in, regardless of how you are tuned in. Subscribe, please, wherever you are at, whether that be on YouTube, whether it be on podcast, wherever you are tuning in on podcast. I really appreciate it. But subscribe, follow along. It's going to be a very, very fun season uh, with the Wildcats playing games like this. Um, to, to back it up here, Pause. 95 to 73 over the number eight team in the country. I said heading into this game, I thought it was a so excuse me, I thought it was a somewhat bad matchup for Kentucky. I thought that the Hurricanes, with their experience and with their offense, they were going to be able to take it to the Wildcats. And they did at the beginning of the game. Kentucky got out to a little bit of a lead after the uh after Miami went up like eight four. And then all of a sudden, 23 to 11 or 21 to 11 dwindled to 23 to like uh, to 21 and then all of a sudden you're losing 29 23 and it was an 18 to 2 run and then Reed Shepard subs back into the game and then it was just kind of back and forth a little bit Kentucky separates at halftime you go up by five after a couple of nice moves out in transition fast break points by the way for Kentucky 23 to Miami's seven we were monitoring the pace in this one Kentucky just kind of dominated that um, they got out-rebounded, which is hilarious to think about in this game. They got doubled up on the offensive rebounds, which I thought would be a favorable matchup for Kentucky. Uh, alas, it was not. And then that second half hit, and I saw this. At one point, Kentucky was up by a couple, I think. Or either that, they were up by like three, three or four or five. No, I'm sorry, they were up by one. And they go on to hit... 18 of their next 20 shots to make it 81 to 55. I mean, <laughs> it was about a minute and a half left in the first half where you are up by one point, and then you go and hit 18 of your next 20 shots, 18 of 20 layups, three-pointers, mid-range shots. That is like... We talk here on the show about Kentucky and their statistical efficiency, how you are going to perform on a given night. Individuals, what your, what's your stat line going to be? What are you going to shoot? What percentages are you going to shoot? And I came into this season with like what I thought were maybe slightly aggressive numbers for uh, Mitchell, Reeves, Wagner, Shepard, Dillingham, and yet you continue to see these players just outperform those expectations. They continue to hit their outside shots. They can, can uh, they continue to hit their shots at the rim. They continue to find each other and dish out the ball. You had 26 assists in this game to eight turnovers. Top 10 team in the country, Miami. Was, not anymore, 38 bench points for Kentucky. That short rotation coming in, coming in handy. That's uh, that's Reed Shepard for you. Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham. Trey Mitchell is somebody I also want to point out here. 14 points, 5 of 8 shooting. He was only 1 of 4 from beyond the arc, but 7 assists, 5 rebounds. 7 assists, 5 rebounds to go with 14 points. That's your, that's your current starting center. You get a little bit of height in this rotation, you're going to be good. You're going to be good. Rob Dillingham. A shot less than 50% because a couple of, of layups just could not fall towards the, the end of the game there. Made both of his three-point shots, though. Nine assists for Rob Dillingham and zero turnovers. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, reading this box score, it's like it, it's like someone came in and just just they just murdered their opponent. And this is a, this is not this was this was not St. Joe's. This was not Texas A&M Commerce. This was not the mighty Eastern Illinois Panthers or whatever their mascot is that just went and played Kansas and took them to the wire. This was number eight Miami, the team that went to the Final Four last year, the team that went to the Elite Eight the year before that. Jim Laranega is a really good coach. He's been around the game for a long time. And yet Kentucky's offense, this is where I wanted to get to a minute ago and I got I got sidetracked. They shot 59.7% from the floor. They shot 43% from beyond the arc. Unfortunately, only 71% from the foul line, but 12 of 17, I mean, we'll take that. That's fine. You shot 60, 43, 71. In the second half, you went 20 of 30 from the floor and 7 of 11 from beyond the arc. 66.7%. 63.6%. It's difficult it's very difficult to be that good. And I know Miami's defense is not all that elite. In fact, they were 100th in efficiency. They have dropped to 119th after they got blown out by Kentucky. Kentucky's offense, by the way, has now risen to number three in the country in offensive efficiency. They're number four in the country in three-point percentage. Miami dropped to number two after they shot a pitiful 26.3% from beyond the arc against UK. This team was leading the country in three-point field goal percentage. 26%. That's all they could muster. They averaged like, average like 23 threes a game. They took 19 in this one. Kentucky slowed them down. Kentucky slowed them down. They went one of eight in the second half. They shot 44% from the floor. This was a very efficient... I'm reading off these numbers because we talked about this in the preview. Like the, This was a very efficient team. They're top 25 in all these different statistical categories. And yet Kentucky, outside of, uh, of uh, uh, Wooga Poplar, who had 19 points, and Norchad O'Meara, who had 20, and fouled out in 19 minutes. Yikes. Like the, they, they couldn't do anything. They could not shoot, which is just so weird. It, it, it's just, it's so weird. It's a statement. It is just such a big statement for this team to come out there. And here's the, here's the best part to me. Here's the funniest part. This is the first thing I noticed when I looked at the box score at the end of the game. Look at the players that played. Justin Edwards, 11 points, five of seven shooting. He had three rebounds. A really good game from Justin Edwards. Again, a couple of really smooth moves to the basket. Aduthiero, nine points. Great, great game from Aduthiero, just physically taking on Matthew Cleveland. That matchup was won by him, uh, absolutely. Cleveland had ten. Well, let's see, what, how many? Cleveland had five points. I, I would not have told you that that Aduthiero would have outscored Matthew Cleveland in this game. Uh, nine points for Thiero, fourteen for Mitchell, eighteen for Antonio Rees, five for DJ Wagner who left after ten minutes, twelve points for Rob Dillingham, twenty-one points for Reed Shepard, five points for Jordan Burks on two of two shooting, and nine minutes. That is all the that is all the uh, the players that made uh, uh, made a check into the game. It's your it's your rotation. You scored ninety five points, and you didn't put in your scrubs at the end of the game. You didn't go to your bench for the final few minutes. And Kentucky didn't run it up. They didn't score for the last two minutes of the game. They just held the ball, and then fogged a layup up or a shot up. They didn't go into their bench. 
Miami did. Miami had to at the end of the game. For the final four minutes, they put in one, two, three different players. They played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different players. They played nine of them at least eleven minutes. And we came into this game about talking about Miami saying, hey, they currently are like one of the they're 346th. 346th in bench minutes. They play a seven-man rotation. Kentucky blew them out so bad they forced them to try and do something. Play nine. They technically played 11. (laughs) I mean, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away. So you you may ask the question, where do you go from here? And that North Carolina game is looming really large now in about 18, 18, 19 days. But you got positives coming before that one. Let's dive into those positives here. Let's talk about the positives of what could be for Kentucky basketball after they play UNC Wilmington, after they play Penn, you've got North Carolina. Let's talk about also what's going on within those contests because there may be somebody returning here soon, pretty quickly. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. With Prize Picks, it's very simple. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. I actually did a quite uh, quite a bit of this over on Prize Picks over the weekend. I did some of their different Thanksgiving st- uh, Thanksgiving deals. They always have weekly promotions that can lead to really big payouts. I had some really cool cool stuff over on Thanksgiving. Took some more or less on some different Thanksgiving games. Uh, shout out Christian McCaffrey. Uh, shout out, uh, shout out. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was uh, Sam uh, Howell and Dak Prescott that got me the over and another one that I did. Um, really, really fun stuff there over on Prize Picks. It's super easy to play, super easy to understand. Gives you a number for different players, and it literally just tells you: Do you want more or do you want less? Do you think they're going to have more or less? Very easy to play. You can make your su- a submission in less than 60 seconds. That's why Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app stat types an enormous selection of players quick withdrawals you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and you can use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 so if you put $100 in you're going to get $100 in credit on top of that again prizepicks.com slash locked on college use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks that is prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy all right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. If you have not subscribed to the Locked On Kentucky YouTube channel, and if you have not subscribed to the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you went ahead and did that wherever you are tuned in. It's going to be a fun season, guys. I, I told you. Here's what. Here's what. Wait, 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 wait. I, I'm going to back, back away from the mic. Let's have a moment. Let's. Let's. Sober up for a second after this win. What did we say? What did we talk about before this season started? What did we say about the players? What did we say about the team? We said that Kentucky would be a highlight reel. They would be very fun to watch, and they would score a lot of points. 
the defense is a concern, but we'll see how that pans out. We'll see how that plays out, I should say. And right now, I think that that stays true. Right now, that is still true for Kentucky. You're playing well. You're shooting lights out. Lights out. Could not be shooting better, I don't think. Who knows? Maybe you can. You're playing lights out. You look fun. You're a highlight reel. How do you perform in conference play? How do you perform in SEC play against really good teams on the road? And then how do you perform in the postseason? Just because Kentucky is having success now does not mean they're going to have success in the NCAA tournament. They have to find a way to maintain this and keep it rolling. I know there are going to be bumps in the road. You're going to lose some games. Kentucky is going to lose some games. Their defense is not always going to be there. Their offense is not going to be clicking for the majority of the year the way that it is right now. It's a good offense, but it's not It's not world-breaking because if it continues at the pace that it's on, it's world-breaking. It is record-breaking. This is going to be a good team. This is going to be a fun team. Don't take this for granted and don't assume that Kentucky's going to therefore ball out for the rest of the year. Enjoy this. Appreciate this. And hope that Kentucky can build on this and they can get better. Because here's what's happening here over the next few weeks. First of all, I am leaving, actually, I should have told you guys this, and I'm probably going to have to tell you guys, gosh, I'm going to have to tell you guys at the start of tomorrow's episode, I am going to be out of town for the entirety of next week. I am having a major surgery. So what I would like for you guys to do, if you're watching this right now, leave as many questions in the YouTube comments as possible. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to pre-record some episodes to go up next week while Kentucky's not playing games, and I'm going to answer as many questions as you have. So if you have questions, you don't have to leave a bunch of comments. You can put it all in one, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. Leave as many questions as you would like in relation to Kentucky basketball or football. Because, hey, by the way, I haven't even talked about it. We had a coach that was almost poached by Texas A&M, and they stupidly acted like the world was ending whenever they saw that Mark Stoops was potentially coming to A&M and then they went and got Mike Elko, who is a great hire, but still, we haven't even talked about that. We have not even talked about that. So if you've got any questions, please, I'm going to be out of town. Uh, leave anything you want in the YouTube comments below. That's what's happening over the over, uh, next week. But for Kentucky basketball, <laughs> let me get back on track here. December 2nd, December 9th, UNC Wilmington, and then you play Penn at a neutral site, pretty much semi-away, whatever, it's up in Philly, whatever, or wherever it is. Um... Kentucky's going to have Aaron Bradshaw back one of those two games. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. He looked pretty good in warm-ups. We're hearing good things about practice. You should probably target his return this weekend. I should, that's, that's where we're at right now. You are going to get your seven-footer back. Congratulations. Some of the fan base didn't believe. Now we all can see it. We can all witness Kentucky's rotation with a seven-footer. And who knows? Maybe Kentucky uh, uh, barely wins that game like 75-70 to 70 or something like that. Maybe maybe, they don't, maybe Bradshaw doesn't play well for a few weeks. Who knows? He's coming back from injury. He's playing Division One college basketball for the first time. Who knows? But you're getting that back, finally. You're getting one guy in your, in your rotation. And you may be, getting on, may be getting on Yenzo here in a few weeks. Who knows with Big Z? 
Things are looking up right now for Kentucky basketball. And then that North Carolina game. Man, if you can win that one, if you can win that one, you beat Louisville, you're going in a conference play on the road against a good Florida team, you have a chance to start making your mark and picking up some quality wins. Quality wins. But it starts with UNC Wilmington this Saturday. And I said this in the offseason, it's not a bad team. UNC Wilmington is not a terrible team. We should take every single game with a grain of salt from here on out. Let's just pace ourselves. It's a young squad. They just went to overtime against St. Joe's a little bit ago. Let's take a moment, appreciate this, but don't take anything for granted, and let's keep moving forward. If you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's victory, if you've got any thoughts on what they're going to do with Aaron Bradshaw, these next few games, anything, any question you want to leave, I will answer it next week. Anything. Leave that in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcasts and you can't get to the YouTube comments, go over to the YouTube comments, leave a question anyway. But at Locked On UK is where you can find me. At Locked On UK on Twitter. Message me. Tag me in a tweet. I'm going to compile all of it. I'm going to answer all the questions next week. So I'll remind you guys over the next few episodes to please do that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless. Oh,